Grace and Glory, the radio ministry of Grace Valley Christian Center, featuring biblical teachings of the Christian faith with Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and former professor in Greek and theology. Pastor Matthew holds degrees from Westminster Theological Seminary, and he pastors Grace Valley Christian Center in Davis, California, adjacent to the University of California at Davis. Join us today for a special Easter message, Jesus is Risen Indeed. If you have your Bible with you, turn with us to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Now here's our teacher, Pastor Matthew. Luke chapter 24 and verse 34 declares, Ontos egerte hokurios. Indeed, the Lord is risen. Truly, the Lord is risen. Without any doubt, the Lord is risen. Luke the historian gives us an eyewitness account of the life of Christ. And he wrote the gospel that one may have certainty of the gospel. He says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, After his suffering, Jesus showed himself to these men, that is his disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. En polois tekmeriois. The Greek word for convincing proof is tekmerios. It means that which causes something to be known as verified or confirmed. Professor J. Monk translated as infallible evidence. If you check the lexicon Liddell and Scott, you will find the meaning demonstrative proof as opposed to fallible proof. In Aristotelian logic, this word tekmerios, it means compelling proof, proof positive, convincing proof, decisive proof. When Luke speaks of convincing proofs of Jesus' resurrection, he is making reference to his own gospel, the 24th chapter of Luke. Of course, if you a priori deny miracles, I cannot convince you of the resurrection. When you open the Bible, it tells us in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, the whole universe was created by the infinite, personal, almighty, all-wise God out of nothing, by his power and by his wisdom. And he maintains the universe by his power and by his wisdom. And the Bible continually speaks about miracles. And let me tell you, resurrection is a miracle. And so, if you don't want to believe in miracles, I feel sorry for you. So let us look at these infallible positive, convincing proofs that Luke is giving us in the 24th chapter of his gospel. First, 
it speaks about the empty tomb. Now, the empty tomb by itself does not cause one to be convinced of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But together with other proofs that he gives us in this chapter, the empty tomb has weight. The women prepared spices, we are told, to anoint Jesus' body. After the Sabbath day, they went to the store to buy more spices. They loved Jesus and wanted to do for him this one last loving act. To prevent his body from quick decomposition. They had not known about the sealing of the tomb and the posting of the guards. With the spices, Mary Magdalene and company arrived at the tomb early Sunday morning. But Jesus rose very early Sunday morning. There was an earthquake and two angels descended and rolled the stone away. Not to help Jesus come out, for he had come out already. But to show the visitors the absence of his physical body there. To tell them he is not here. He is risen. The angels rebuked the women. Why did you not remember his own prediction of his death and resurrection? Let me tell you the reason for our fear, our fright, our confusion, our depression. What is the reason? Let me tell you it is that we do not understand. And believe the scriptures. You look at a believer who is depressed. I will tell you that person is ignorant of scriptures and his mind is dull. So the women were frightened, confused. They were weeping. They were afraid. Why? The singular reason was they failed to believe in the prophetic words of Christ himself. None of his disciples believed the scriptures. Had they believed the word of Christ, the women would not have wasted their money, their time, and their effort in making spices and doing other things. So there is the empty tomb. But more than that, St. Luke gives us the proof of two witnesses, the two angels. They saw angels and heard them say, He is not here, he is risen, as he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee. Angels remembered the words of Jesus. You see angels all the time in the life of Jesus. Angels at the Annunciation. Angels at the birth of Jesus Christ. Angels at the temptation. Angel in the garden of Gethsemane. And now angels at the resurrection. And not only that, number three, there is the proof of Christ's own words. Verse 7 of chapter 24 of St. Luke. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. Be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Notice the word day. Must be. This is a divine purpose. This is divine necessity. The Son of Man must be delivered 
must be crucified and must rise on the third day. Turn with me to the 18th chapter of Luke. And let me read to you from verse 31. Where the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the prophet, he prophesies what would happen. And he did so several times. But here is one time. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. But listen, the disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. That is the problem. Your problem and my problem is simply this. We will listen to hypocritical liars, cult leaders, and everybody else. But we don't want to listen to the very word of God. The followers of Jesus failed to grasp the meaning of Jesus' words. Because of the idea of a suffering Messiah was foreign to them. None of us likes the idea of suffering. We want a gospel minus suffering. They looked for a Messiah of might and glory who will deliver them from all their enemies and usher in a golden age of material prosperity for Israel. They forgot all about deliverance from sin by the death of the suffering servant as revealed by all the prophets. Remember Peter himself when Jesus said he must die. Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him. We don't like the concept of suffering. We don't like the concept of pain. We want a glorious life in this world. And we want a Messiah who will help us achieve such grandeur and material success in this temporal world. Hear the words of one disciple by name Cleopas. Look at the gospel of Luke 24 verse 21. But we had hoped. This was the hope of all Jewish people at that time. But we had hoped that Jesus of Nazareth was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Meaning without death and without suffering. But our hope is dashed when we saw his crucifixion, death and burial. In other words, they had no place in their thinking for the significance of Christ's sufferings, which St. Paul gives us. Christ died for our sins. Number four, the Old Testament scriptures point to Christ's death and resurrection. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, and verse 25. Jesus said to them, you remember Cleopas almost rebuked this Jesus. Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know what has happened? Don't you understand anything? How stupid are you? But now Jesus speaks to them. How foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. That's a word for us too. 
Did not Christ have to? That is the Greek word day. The divine purpose, divine intention, it is divine necessity, divine ordination. And that was the message of all the prophets, the message of the entire Old Testament. Did not the Christ have to suffer? You see, in their thinking, they eliminated suffering. What they want is glory and a good time. They don't want suffering. They cannot understand it. They eliminated it from their mind. They didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. Do not Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. That's the key to understanding the scriptures. It's speaking about Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection, which is called the gospel, which is the basis for our salvation. Did not Christ have to suffer these things and enter into his glory? The entire Old Testament was speaking about the death and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. The scriptures spoke about this glorious message that the Messiah will die and rise from the dead, which will become the basis for the salvation of all those who will trust in Jesus Christ. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ, very God and very man, who died, was buried, and was raised from the dead, and who is Lord of all. Even today there are people who refuse to believe in the Messiah who was crucified. People want a powerful and glorious Messiah who bring people to great material and temporal glory. So when we refuse to believe the words of Jesus, when we refuse to believe the words of the entire Old Testament, when we believe, when we refuse to believe in the entire words of the Holy Scriptures, you know what happens. We become hopeless, depressed, frightened. But listen to the psalmist in the 119th Psalm and 103rd verse. It says this, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Is that true of you? If that is true of you, then let me tell you, you will be a happy person. Because the scripture speaks about the basis of your hope and your salvation. It was by preaching the entire Old Testament and explaining its meaning that Jesus brought the depressed disciples to a state of faith. Not by performing a new miracle. The resurrected Christ did not perform a new miracle. When you read Luke 24, you see such emphasis on the written word of God. And in verse 32, we read the statement of Cleopas and his friend. They say, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? It is when the scriptures are opened, his people are fed and his people are nourished and his people are brought out from depression into great inexpressible joy. You cannot remain depressed and miserable if you understand the gospel and believe in the gospel. Because gospel means good news to the lost to the dying, to the miserable, to sinners, even to the enemies of the gospel. 
Number five, there is the breaking of bread. Jesus entered into the house in Emmaus. And all of a sudden, he assumes the position of the host. As he did many times while he was alive on earth. And as he did in the upper room. On that day when he instituted the Holy Communion. He takes bread. He blesses it. He breaks it. He gives it. Now their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. It may be that they recognized him as he prayed. It may be that they saw the nail prints in his hands. As he took, broke and gave out bread. But they were convinced now. Jesus rose from the dead. He lives. The one who was crucified, dead and buried is risen. They not only heard the report of the empty tomb. They not only heard the report of the angels. But they saw him. They ate with him. That's infallible, positive, convincing proof. If you want greater proof, you shall not find it. Number six. Verse 34. Ontus egerte hokurios. The ten apostles. Around nine o'clock at night. They spoke to the two visitors. Who are knocking at the door. Cleopas and his friend. And they opened the door. And before Cleopas could say a word. This is what they said. Truly the Lord is risen. Let me tell you. When we believe in the gospel. And when we understand Jesus Christ destroyed death. And rose from the grave. That's what we are going to tell everybody. Ontos egerte hokurios. Indeed the Lord is risen. No doubt about it. This was the testimony of the ten apostles. Why did you say that? The answer is because he appeared to Simon. Of the simony, he appeared to Simon. Simon Peter, the chief apostle, who denied Jesus three times. He received a visit from the risen Christ. A private visit. Remember Peter went to the tomb and saw it to be empty. He went away what? Wondering. Not believing. Wondering. Let me tell you. Wondering will not help you. Being amazed will not help you. What will help you is faith in the gospel. He was not convinced by the empty tomb. He was not convinced of the angel's report from the mouths of the women. In fact, he mocked that report and characterized it as leros. Leros is a Greek word. According to Greek medical dictionary, this word means the babbling of a fevered man who is hallucinating. That's what the apostles said. That's what Peter said to these women, Mary Magdalene. You are what? Hallucinating! But now he received a private visit from the risen Jesus. He believes. Proof positive. And he reports to others. And they believed also. And that's why they said the Lord is risen indeed. And he appeared to Simon. Simon saw him. Simon heard him. 
Simon is convinced. He's no longer wondering. He believes. Number seven, Jesus in the midst. You read verse 36 of chapter 24. It is Easter evening around 9 p.m. The door was shut, for we read that in John's gospel, for fear of the Jews. Suddenly, Jesus appears in glorious body in the midst of the assembled apostles and others. And he says, peace to you. They heard him. Isn't that true? That's a proof. They heard him say what? Peace to you. That's not a superficial greeting. It means God is propitious toward us on the basis of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in behalf of our sins. It is the cross that procured for us peace. Peace to you. And they heard it. They saw him and they heard it. And not only that, he goes further. Let's turn to verse 39. Look at my hands and my feet. Ego, Amy, Altos, it is I myself. Look, my feet and my hands, the nail prints, the stick matter. See it. Proof positive. Infallible proof. Techmerioise. Convincing proof. It is I myself. He invites them to touch. Look, my hands, my feet. It's I myself. And then he invites them. Come and touch. Feel. It's not a ghost. Ghosts do not have flesh and bones as you see I have. That is the Christian view of the body. There is a physical resurrection of the body. Come on. Touch. Feel. And see the flesh and the bones. Ghosts don't have that, let me tell you, proof positive. And you are not convinced yet? And he asked the question, not because he was hungry. He asked the question, what do you have to eat here? To bring you into that faith that it is I myself. And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And the text says he took it and ate it in their presence to prove to them. Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, dead, and buried, is risen. Eyewitnesses report. Let's look at verse 48 of 24th chapter. It says, you are witnesses of these things. And St. Luke received this from eyewitnesses and he wrote the gospel. You are witnesses of these things. The death, the burial... And above all the resurrection. Because that is essential to the preaching of the gospel. Let's turn to the book of Acts. And chapter 1. And when you study the preaching of the apostles in the book of Acts. You notice how they emphasize the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Sanhedrin had nothing to say. Completely silent. Acts 1 and verse 3. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them. Turn to Acts 10. Let's look at the preaching of St. Peter. 
in the house of Cornelius chapter 10 and verse 41. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us, notice, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Convincing proofs, in other words. Remember Thomas, he was not there first Easter Sunday. And they told him, he is risen indeed. He said, no deal. I will not believe unless I touch him. And he was given an opportunity and he said what? My Lord and my God and Jesus said this, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. In the high priestly prayer, Jesus said this, John 17 and verse 20, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. The apostles were eyewitnesses. They have written down a gospel. Let me assure you, he is not going to come and perform a miracle for you. We must look at the scripture and study the scripture and put our whole life upon the gospel message. Then our depression will go, our fear will go, our confusion will go, and our hearts will be filled with the glory of God, and we will joy with inexpressible joy. You have been listening to Grace and Glory with Pastor P.G. Matthew. Join us next week for another segment of Grace and Glory, Biblical Teachings of the Christian Faith with Pastor P.G. Matthew.